Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. It's Marley Weirda here, and for today's episode, we are going to welcome in our analyst, Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com. He joins us every Sunday for our Sunday No Huddle segment where we break down the Illini and um, just the the week ahead and certainly not a lot of positives to talk about after the Illini fall to Minnesota 41-14. to 14. I guess the good news is they can't get any worse from here. So here is Robert Rosenthal and our full conversation. We welcome in our analyst, Robert Rosenthal from IlliniBoard.com, who is joining us on Zoom. Robert, here we are on week three of the season. The Illini still winless. What does this say about the team right now? I mean, this was supposed to be the season, right? I mean, Lovey himself has said it for the last two years. By by 2020, we'll have all these seniors, and we will have, be at this point where, where you know, the experience is there, and the and the talent is there, and everything else. And so he, you know, he he said it himself. He he said this would be the year. And when you start 0 and 3, and when you lose games like this, it's just not where it should be. How much of this right now is falling on Lovey Smith and his coaching staff? Yeah, I mean, so much of it, you just have to look at the defense. You know, he took over the defense himself, and to his credit, it improved last year, and they got the takeaways, and and everything, you know, was was as promised last year. Um, this year, sure, you've got three quarterbacks out right now, and that's going to do some damage to the offense. But to the defense, they have most everybody. Um, they have a lot of returnees, and they're significantly worse than last year. And so – you know, that you squarely have to put on the coaching staff and, and say, you know, at, at some point this has to be figured out. You've got seven seniors on the defense. It, it just has to be uh, put together and assembled uh, in the same way that other Big Ten teams are able to do. Look at Indiana right now. They, they've, they've assembled their group of seniors. They got a bunch of talent coming back, and, and they just beat Michigan. So um, when you compare it to what else is going on in the conference, it's just not good. Is Lovey Smith in the hot seat right now? I mean, the difficult question is, is do the, do the, does the school, do any schools have the ability to uh, have a coach, have a coaching change at all this year? Uh, you know, I've seen predictions that there will only be five coaching changes in college football this year, just because most schools are running a massive deficit. There's no money for a buyout. There's no anything else. If this was a typical year, year five, He's on a six-year contract that it was extended to a seventh year after 2018. College coaches generally work on a at least a three or four-year deal because they want to recruit and tell kids that they'll be able to they'll be there the whole time. So if 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 there was no COVID, this is an extend or fire year. And if you start 0 and 3, and if you go something like 1 and 8, then it would be a no-brainer for Josh Whitman. After five years, it's just not there. But with COVID, who knows? What, what's, the, what's the budget? Is there money even for that? How do they handle the massive deficit from the lack of revenue? Yeah, it's just so many unknowns. Right. I mean, I can almost see them treating this year as like a wash in a sense, you know, given just it's an, an unprecedented time, you know. And given the fact that next year they can, you know, all these seniors could, if they wanted to, return. So you could you could get a redo on this season in that sense. But again, coaching contracts are still, you know, accelerating toward expiration and recruiting after a something like a one and eight season would be nearly impossible. 
especially after five years. And so it's a, it's a tricky spot. No, nobody really knows the, the, uh, the, the financial situation with, with what's going on in the DIA and how much, you know, some schools have announced they're going to be $70 million short. And, you know, some schools have canceled sports, nothing out of Illinois yet, besides some of the coaching, you know, the, the changes to contracts and the changes to Whitman's contract. So, Nobody knows. It's all going to hinge on on how that goes and whether the board would even approve a significant financial move like changing a coach and buying out the old one. So um, it's 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 a big unknown right now. Defensively, do you think this was their worst game of the season? I mean, I would think so. When you when you give up a, a 200 plus yard rusher and when you uh, you know, just can't get the stops on third down again. And I mean, especially when you get two takeaways, which is what you're built on, right? Uh, you know, you're plus two in turnovers for the game and you still lose 41-14. That maybe says it all. And that the, the selling point of the defense is that there's going to be takeaways and they there's continue to be takeaways this year. And yet, uh, the offense is really struggling and the defense is giving up so many yards that the takeaways just do not matter. Yeah, and the defense has all the tools. They have the talent. I guess they there's not much. They can't get any worse from here. What what do they need to do? Is it just a matter of, of getting more turnovers? I mean, because what we saw against uh, Minnesota was was not the, the defense that you know we were promised. Yeah, I mean, the number one thing that has to happen is stopping the pass right now. That that third and seven cannot be an automatic slant first down for the opponent, as has been seen in the last three weeks. You know, the, the third down conversions are just killing this defense. It extends long drives. You know, if you look at this game, you know, Illinois had Minnesota pinned deep at the four after a good punt from from Blake Hayes, and, and they drive, you know, out to the 35 or whatever, and they have third and long, and – they send a blitz and they're they're they have the, Tanner Morgan wrapped up and he flips it to the tailback who gets the first down. They complete the drive. They take a big lead. And it's up. So it's games like that. You just have to get off the field on third down and it's not happening. And and because of that, you're just you know, you're behind the eight ball immediately in every game and it just can't happen. How much of a concern for you were the penalties? Yeah, I mean, when you have the experienced fifth-year team, that's a massive concern. If, you, if you're going to have double-digit penalties, you know, at least you would hope that the experienced senior-laden team would be the smart team and the not-taking-the-penalties team and not killing drives with, with some of these penalties. And, and it's just not happening. So every facet of the game, I, I wrote about it last night, that, you know, if you look at the discipline, if you look at the depth, if you look at where recruiting has gone in the last 12 months. If you look at how the offense cannot find a way to put it together, if you look how the defense has regressed, if you look at how special teams is even struggling here and there, it's just every facet is going wrong right now. And, you know, how do you, how do you turn all of that around at once? Can they turn it around? I mean, they, they had the opportunity here, right? That, that, okay, fine, you start with Wisconsin. Maybe Wisconsin is great. You have Purdue, Minnesota, Rutgers, Nebraska, all teams that you were competitive with last year or beat last year. Uh, the Minnesota game got out of control after Brandon Peters was out, but you at least have four teams that you were competitive with last year, and you, you say, okay, we're, we're now bringing everyone back. You want to see what Indiana is doing. They brought everyone back, and they've pushed the accelerator. And somehow Illinois is in reverse. And I, you know, after these three games, I, 
I can't see it, especially this weekend. If if there's another loss at Rutgers to start 0-4, what can you even say after that? That it's it's impossible. You know, it's not going to turn around at least this season. And where do you go from there? How important does that Rutgers game become for this program and being able to to turn things around? You know, I've asked in in in, in Lovey's press conference the last two weeks. I've asked them. You know, this week I asked the must-win question. As I, I said, is is this week a must-win? You know, you've been pointing to this season. You started 0-2. There's only six games left on the schedule. Is this a must-win for for the success of this season? And he wouldn't go there and, you know, gave the standard coach answer that, you know, every win, every game's a must-win. But I cannot think of a worse possible loss for a coach in the last 10 years. I mean, maybe Ron Zook when he was in that losing streak and he really needed to win one to stop it in 2011, maybe he was reaching this level of must win. But this game, especially at Rutgers, is an absolute no question must win game for Lovey Smith. Now they'll be getting some guys back after the guys that were inactive will return um, following their their contact tracing protocols. Do you think that is something that they need and that will help? I think so, especially if Isaiah Williams is back. I mean, you have this, you know, when he committed, he was a five-star recruit. He fell to a high four-star, but, but, you know, you have this five-star high school quarterback who had offers from Alabama and Clemson and everyone else. Um, he, he probably, I think, will get the start if he's eligible. You know, they said the contact tracing guys would be out for 10 days. Uh, they have now served their 10 days. So you would assume that he is back and he was the second string guy before that and Caranta was fourth. And so maybe that's what this, you know, maybe this is the Isaiah Williams game. Maybe this is a moment of, okay, let's see what one of the top recruits in the last 20 years, let's see what he can do. So, uh, you know, a friend texted me today to say, why would I even watch this game on Saturday? Well, that, that's the answer is maybe there's a possibility we see the Isaiah Williams show and we see why he was so hyped coming out of high school. Right. And he hasn't played a ton in an Illinois uniform. I mean, he missed the last two games. What we saw from just that that little bit at Wisconsin, do you think he has what it takes to, to have that weight on his shoulders and, and bring this team to their first win of the season? I mean, at practice in 2019, uh, obviously no practices were open this year, but it, but it, at training camp in 2019, there were, there were plays that make you say, oh, okay, I get it. I, I understand why he was a five-star recruit. I understand why, you know, after his sophomore year of high school, he was something like the ninth best player in the country on one list or something like that. He is so incredibly electric in the open field and so uh, just really quick in, in and out of his cuts that you can see it. Now, playing quarterback in college is a whole lot more than being really fast and really good with the ball in the open field. And so he'll have to manage the game. He'll have to limit turnovers. He'll have to do that. And so, you know, and, and again, there's, there's no guarantee that he's the guy this week. You know, no one knows how the contact tracing will go or where they stand on any of this. No one knows what the testing will be like this week. No one knows if, you know, maybe Karan Taylor is the one who, who beats him out in practice this week. We don't know. But if there's one thing to focus on for week four and a game against what's supposed to be the worst team in the Big Ten East, um, then, you know, the whole focus has to be the Isaiah Williams show.
What do you think about Karan Taylor this week versus last week against Purdue? Uh, I think partly you could tell Minnesota had scouted him. Um, you could tell that, you know, there was at least a little film and maybe Purdue really didn't prepare for a running quarterback for, for a guy like that. Uh, and they were preparing all week for a Brandon Peters and no one even knew what, what, what Karan was, you know, capable of since he hadn't played much. And so, you know, it, it just looked like a game where a guy was scouted and they frustrated him and took away the things he tried to do. And, and, um, you know, obviously there were, there were other issues with the offense and the offensive line. And there was, you know, there were issues with some miscommunications with, with Taylor and his receivers and everything else. So it, it fell apart quickly, but um, to me, it just looked like a game where a team game planned against what he could do and uh, took away and, you know, anything he was trying. Right. Anything else, Robert, you think? Uh, no, I mean, this is, <laughs> is a, this is dark times for, for Illinois football fans. You know, it's, it's, we've we've been through this before and there have been you know so many attempts to get back to what was say maybe there in 1990 when you know it was 30 years ago last week that the Nick Bell game happened which was Illinois against Iowa Illinois was number five in the country at the time uh, uh, Iowa blew them out uh, it was you know one of the one of the harder games on the memories of Illini fans because Illinois was number five and four of the top five teams lost that week. So had Illinois beat Iowa that day, they would have moved to number two in the polls behind Notre Dame and would have started talking about like national title implications. So to think in the last 30 years, that's the pinnacle. There have been attempts to get back. It's never gotten really close to that other than 2001 and 2007, and those were both one-year blips. So, you know, these are dark times with, uh, if this is yet another failed attempt to rebuild this program, you know, how, how long do the fans stay invested? How long, you know, how, how much more can people take of all these attempts to get it back? What did you have Illinois predict? Like, what did you predict their record to be at, before the season? Uh, I said four and five, uh, either four and four and lose the, uh, you know, four and four and, and lose the game on December 19th, whatever they're calling it, championship Saturday right. where the, three seed plays the three seed. So I said four and five, either, either a three and five season, then you win that game or a four and four season and you lose that game. Um, if you looked at the schedule, I, you know, you were scared of Wisconsin and Ohio state, but the other six games all seemed at least gettable. Um, you know, not, they're not going to be the type where, you know, you were competitive in the games against those teams last year, except for Northwestern. And that was, you know, maybe a bit of a different story at the end of the year. So, you know, it, it was all right there. They went four and five in the Big Ten last season. They entered this season, and you should at least expect, with all the returning production, uh, to be at least four and five. And it doesn't look like they're going to get anywhere close. Yeah, where do you think that's at right now? <laughs> I mean, I, I try and find two wins. Like, like before the Purdue game, I was thinking, okay, I was a little off this year. That's a matchup you can win. Northwestern's not scaring anybody. They got a good defense, but they're just kind of decent on offense you can stay competitive in these games get the turnovers you're going to get some wins maybe the games where you don't get turnovers you don't and after these three games it's if you don't beat Rutgers do you win a game you're then in the 7-7 game against what Rutgers again would you lose to Rutgers twice like it is it's one of those 
dark kind of like I I don't know what this offseason looks like if it's something like one and eight because right. uh, it's that's that's a that's a question I don't want to answer. And I know you talked about the the must win thing that Lovey doesn't really want to answer, but I think you yep. think, and I also think this one is definitely. Um, this is must. unquestionably <laughs> the biggest must win game for any you know Illini coach probably since those that zip zook six game losing streak in that you know you have to stop the bleeding it has to happen immediately so it's going to be interesting all right well robert thank you so much as always for joining um and i will let you go here you got it thanks thanks always a pleasure to have robert join us in the studio whether it be on zoom or in person uh we definitely appreciate his insight and analysis on the align i will that'll do it for this episode of the three and one podcast we'll see you guys next week